This one might hurt you, but on the count of three, say an NBA player who you completely forgot existed until this week when your team played them. Okay, three, who, do you, who two, did you forget? One, Jaleel Okafor. Uh, Good morning or afternoon or night or whatever time you may be listening to this podcast. Whatever. Happy Monday to everyone listening to Burners and Basketball. We hope you had a wonderful weekend and happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers that are celebrating. So don't forget the drill to email us burnersandbasketball at gmail.com hashtag burners and bball if you want to give us a hot take and follow us on Twitter burners and bball. Adam, how are we doing on this fine Monday? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I mean, I'm not an OKC fan, so hmm. I'm good. Yeah. Um, to all OKC fans listening right now, I just want to say that I know that tanking is hard, but there are levels to it, and they might just be on the saddest level there is. Yeah, well... Uh... As far as the saddest level of tanking goes, I'm pretty familiar with the Sixers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this OKC team is getting blown out seemingly every night. They've lost, I believe it's 21 out of their last 22 games. Are you uh, serious? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking at their schedule right now. Like none of these games are even remotely close. There's like yeah. one game that they lost by four a couple that they lost by six and everything else is just a blowout. Wow. Uh, and their one win came against the Boston Celtics, which oh, is just, which is just so great. I was scared. You were going to say the Grizzlies. I was like, no, not us. Uh, Honestly, yeah, thankfully not on the trend that the Grizzlies have been losing to bad teams. It would not be surprising. Like we lost to the magic. Uh, who else did we lose to the other day? That was really bad. It was like our worst loss of the season. Oh, it was the Pistons. That's yeah. a tough one. It was a tough one um, because like none of their players were playing and it was just embarrassing and everything, whatever. But speaking of the Grizzlies, let's get into, I think, the most interesting topic happening in the NBA right now. We'll probably spend most of the episode talking about this because we haven't really covered it yet. Adam, why don't you like Assuming that a person listening to this isn't 100% familiar with how the play-in is going to work, would you explain that? Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. So basically how it works is instead of the top eight teams in each conference clinching a playoff spot, only the top six clinch a spot, and then the seeds seven through ten have a little mini tournament where the winner of the tournament gets the seventh seed and second place gets the eighth seed. And then whoever the other two teams are, which could be the, you know, the normal seven or eight, uh, they get knocked out of the whole thing. So like, for example, right now in the East, as we're recording this, the seven seed is the Celtics, the eight seed is the Hornets, the nine seed is the Wizards and the 10 seed are the Pacers. So how that would work is the Celtics play the Pacers. If the Celtics win, they get the seven seed. If they lose, they play the loser of the Charlotte Washington game. And then the winner of that game gets the eight seed. It's all very weird and sometimes difficult to understand, but basically it just guarantees the playoffs for two less teams and it gives an opportunity to two more teams. Basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, the two, because I still get confused about it, the two teams who will be in the seven and eight seed only have to win once. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So 
basically the two, those teams have to win once. And then if they're, they lose their first game, they have to win their second game is how it's exactly. going to work. Exactly. So I, you know what? We can talk about it in the East too. I literally only have notes written down about the Western conference. Cause to me, those storylines are a lot more interesting, but um, as a fan of an Eastern conference team, what are you hoping to see? How are you hoping to see that play out? Uh, you know, with all due respect to the Boston Celtics and everyone I know who loves them, uh, seeing the Celtics get knocked out in the playing tournament would be pretty wild. Celtics and, and Lakers. How insane yeah, would that be? Yeah. I mean, even more the Lakers for me, even though like I love LeBron and, and I'm fine with Davis and all that. Just the thought, like, cause this is the whole idea of the playing tournament is like, if you slip in the regular season, it can come back to bite you now versus, you know, in any normal year, the Lakers would just be the seventh seed and it would be like, all right, they're just going to like get their guys healthy and they'll be back for the playoffs. But now, exactly, you know, the fact that they had injuries, the fact that they struggled a lot without LeBron and AD is actually going to matter. Uh, and like a team like the Celtics, who, you know, has been lackluster for a lot of the year, they're not just going to get to sneak into the playoffs uh, you know, and have a chance to move on. Uh, so I'm, I'm just here for all the chaos really. And I think we all should be, uh, yeah. so anything that happens with the Lakers, with the Celtics, uh, anything crazy with Lomelo and, and Charlotte with Steph and the Warriors, like it, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be pretty wild regardless, which yeah. is the whole point of the playing tournament. And which is why I don't know about you, Molly, but I'm actually a fan of the idea, even though, uh, most people, uh, including LeBron recently <laughs> have, have spoken out against it. Uh, but I really enjoy it because I mean, you saw it firsthand when the Grizzlies and Blazers played in the bubble last year, like yeah. just having more, because it's essentially playoff basketball, even mm -hmm. if technically it's not the playoffs and who doesn't want more like intense playoff basketball. That's like the whole point of all this. I mean, in the NBA, you have so few games with just that high of stakes, the high of stakes of a March Madness game. You know what I mean? And exactly. I think that what this tournament does is gives teams more incentive, like that have a slimmer chance of getting to the eight seed and the seven seed as well. You know, like if by the end of the season, you typically know maybe seven teams are pretty locked in. You know what I mean? Um, so this way, the season matters until the very end. The Grizzlies and Warriors play each other for their last game of the NBA season. And that game could be the difference in seeding. Like right there, yeah. that could be the difference between an eight seed and a nine seed. So, yeah, I mean, they're only half a game apart right now, I believe. Exactly. So this like high level, high pressure basketball is just brings in this whole new component to the NBA, this whole new competitive component. And to see players, like you said, you know, who are typically safe, who typically don't have to maybe have the best regular season, and then they can just build up and slide in in the playoffs. Those teams are now realizing that we had to wake up a little, and now it's going to bite us in the butt, and we have to secure our spot. Like, I can't yeah. wait. I mean, I think it's yeah. an awesome idea. Yeah, I get why teams that, you know, finish seven and eight will be mad that they have to, again, play for their playoff spot. But, you know, your point about March Madness was perfect. Like, you know, who doesn't love when every game matters a lot more? 
and, you know, especially because of all the complaining over the last five years about how the regular season, oh, the regular season doesn't matter. It's just going to be the Warriors anyway. And like, this is another way that the regular season now matters a lot more than it used to. So it's solving multiple problems at the same time. Uh, and so while I get it from like, you know, the current seven and eight seeds are Boston, Charlotte, LA, and Golden State. Like those teams, I get why they'll be bummed out if they finish as a seven and eight, but then still have to play for their spots. But, you know, like tough, you should have gotten the six seed then. Like yeah. no seven seed has ever been so good that it would be malpractice to not have them in the playoffs. That's why they're the seven seed. I mean, in the way I see it, as a team who is, if we make the playoffs, it's going to be by a playing tournament and we could be in the eight or seven seed, not seven. We could be in the eight seed. I mean, I love it still. And I think it's going to be great experience for our guys who are, we have a very young team, uh, very inexperienced guys in terms of touching the playoffs. So games like this are like going to change the course of their development. You know what I mean? Playing in these games with these intense competitors, if we're playing against Steph Curry, you know what I mean? This seasoned pro, it'll be really big for our guys, even if we don't win. So I just think, It'll be a lot of fun. And I think that depending on outcomes, the league will decide how they felt about the idea. Um, That to me is my, is what I'm the most eager to see is how the officiating and everything goes in that Lakers play in if it happens, because I mean, I just don't see any way the league lets the Lakers miss the playoffs. Yeah, it seems like they'll probably just sneak in because they'll either it seems like they'll either play the Grizzlies or the Spurs. And and no offense to you, Molly, but I think both of those are probably pretty easy for them once LeBron is back. Uh, where, like you said, all they have to do is win one game. Uh, you know, as long as you can take one out of two against one of those teams, which I think they probably should be able to pretty easily. But that's the thing. Like, what happens if they don't? Like, it's totally possible that the Lakers are playing, you know, let's say the Grizzlies, since I'm talking to you. And in the first game, LeBron doesn't shoot well. And, you know, John Moran has 30 points. And all of a sudden, you go to a do or die game where anything can happen. And it's and it's like a game seven environment. Uh, so that that's the thing. Like you really have to be on top of your stuff now uh, mm-hmm. because of the play in tournament. And, you know, not that uh, not that I'm glad that Javis and LeBron both dealt with injuries. Of course, I, I would rather they be healthy. Uh, but I'm glad that we're seeing high profile teams like the Lakers and Celtics in the play in because it magnifies that like, look, the regular season matters a lot more than it used to. And that's something that I think everybody wanted to see. Right. Uh, and this is the way regular that they've done season, it. Honestly. Yeah. I, I like the short and regular season, but I don't know as a Grizzlies fan, I weirdly, I give me the Lakers. We're not going to beat any of these people most likely, but I'm taking the Lakers <laughs> over golden state Steph. Love that. Love that. Um, I'm taking you. the Lakers over. Let's see. Um, well, definitely. I mean, I don't think we really have two. I have a chance to play the Pelicans, but I'm taking them over Pelicans. I'm even taking them over the Spurs. I don't wow. know. I don't think I just. I've seen us 
win weird games that we're not supposed to win. And I just feel like teams like, like, I don't want Steph Curry. I'm taking the Lakers against my team over Steph Curry against my team with the season he's been having. Like we would lose by 30 with the Lakers, at least maybe 20. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, I took, I would be trying to avoid Steph at all right. possible costs. Also when he came to Philly, like the Sixers were clearly the better team, but then Steph just like scored 40 points and hit 10 threes and it didn't matter. And Golden it State doesn't won. matter. It doesn't if matter. he has like a solid game by his standards, you have almost no chance of winning because that's how good he is. But now, the same can probably be said about LeBron if he's healthy. Uh, but you know, it's, we're not even certain that he is going to be healthy at least by the plane because it's next week and he's still out with this ankle. Oh injury. man, I really hope he's healthy by the plane. Yeah, it would be a bummer if not. But you know, then at least the discussion of like, okay, now Anthony Davis, this is your team. You got to do some of the heavy lifting. Uh, it'll whatever happens, there are going to be some fascinating matchups and storylines and stuff uh, that I'm very excited to see and talk about. And that's you know another reason why, like we're, we keep on saying this play-in tournament is increasing intrigue by a lot. This is kind of like changing the subject, my ADD, but wouldn't you say that Anthony Davis is of like, I don't know if his injury counts, but of like superstars like or stars, wouldn't you say he's maybe had like the most, one of the most disappointing seasons from what people might've expected? Yeah. I mean, he was hurt for a while. So of course you take that out of it, but right. Uh, yeah, I mean, after what he did, like in the conference finals last year against the Nuggets, how good he was. He had that game winner. They win the title, and everybody kind of thought it was going to be like LeBron passing the torch to AD. Yeah. But it like the but it's been Jokic and Embiid who have been the MVP big men, not Davis. That's true. Uh, and I think, especially considering the fact that you know probably one and two in this year's MVP race are both big men. Uh, yeah. You would hope if you're a Lakers fan that that means Davis is one of those two, but he's not. And uh, he's dealt with injuries, of course. So, you know, you can discount that however much you want. But yeah, when he's on the court, he's been very good. Of course, he's Anthony Davis. He's an excellent player, but he hasn't been anywhere near the MVP caliber uh, player that I think a lot of people kind of assume that he could be when it's his team without LeBron. Yeah, speaking of the Lakers, I don't know, man. Like, I, I so many of my friends on Twitter are Lakers fans because so many people are Lakers fans. But, like, I think even they could agree. People, Lakers fans that I like could even agree that some Lakers fans are just, like, the worst. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, they're Lakers the fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about how they treated, like, the whole Marcus Andre Drummond situation. And I'm like, I mean... Like some shit I saw said about Marcus saw. And then all of a sudden the Drummond's it's like, oh my God. Like, like remember at the beginning of the season? Oh my God. Did you guys know Gasol could pass like this? Wow. Look like, yes, everyone. Yeah. Everybody knows it's Marcus Gasol. It's Marcus like Gasol. the whole point. Yes. And whatever. So it's like, oh yay. And then two, two seconds later, oh my God, Gasol is so washed. Like let's get someone else. Like we need another person. Then we get someone else. They're not doing what we want. Oh my God. We need Gasol free Gasol. It's like, Y'all are cannot wait for a player to develop for two weeks. You have I, to. I love of all the different thing reasons why people hate the Lakers and hate Lakers fans. You you come here and you're like, well, they were mean to Marcus Soul. That matters here because I saw the way the Raptors 
treated my king. And I, Raptors fans know I love them. Um, Raptors fans are the best. I love Raptors, Raptors fans, fans are literally like the best fans. My favorite, my favorite group of my favorite NBA fan base on Twitter. It's absolutely fans. because they just like want to marry every single player and i don't just mean <laughs> the really woman do. like just, yeah they, they all they all want to marry all the players exactly and like raise children with them <laughs> no literally it's like it's not just like oh my god look at jaw's dunk it's like jaw like i bought a wedding dress for us let's yep. walk down the aisle and yeah yeah they're just a great all-around fan base which lakers Love fans them. um I don't know. They're just like very aggressive and they just got good again after so long and are acting like. Yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) Know your place. Come on now. Now, to be fair, now they can kind of do whatever they want because they're the defending champs. But before that, yeah, not I've never been a Lakers guy, never been a Lakers fans guy. Uh, Not not my cup of tea. Not your cup of tea. Well, glad we can agree on that. Um, I was speaking of teams that maybe aren't in the play in. I was watching, I have a new favorite young player, uh, besides John Moran, watching the Timberwolves and Grizzlies face off against each other the other day was like one of the most fun experiences I've had this season. Uh, watching basketball, those two players are just so freaking exciting and dynamic. And both of them have such dynamic personalities. And like, I truly enjoyed watching those two play. Yeah. Anthony Edwards in Minnesota is so much fun to watch. First of all, first of all, he's becoming a really good player. uh, and like actively developing in front of our eyes, but he also just like might be the funniest player in the NBA non-Joel Embiid division. Um, He's really, but in all seriousness, he is fun to watch. He's been playing a lot better recently. His efficiency has not been as big of an issue. Uh, In his last 10 games, he's shooting over 50% from the field. He's shooting almost 36% on shooting more than eight threes a game, which is a ton. And he's averaging almost 24 points a game in that time. So uh, it's really cool to see him developing. I believe he won Rookie of the Month for this past month. Uh, he, Ant is so much fun to watch, and uh, at a and I'm I actively root for him uh, because first of all, if you ever listen to him talk in an interview, uh, you can tell that he's hilarious, uh, but also seems like a fun player. And even if he's not as exciting as Lamelo is, uh, he's still been a joy to watch so far. I think he's rookie of the year, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a real case for it with the way he's played recently, uh, and especially with Lamelo missing a lot of time with that hand That's or wrist exactly. injury. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would totally understand if Ant wins. Uh, okay, okay, this one might hurt you, but on the count of three, say an NBA player who you completely forgot existed until this week when your team played them. Okay. Oh, wait. Okay. I have to even <laughs> remember who the Sixers played. No, I'm joking. I want to say mine. I don't know if okay. we're going to have one. Okay. Three, who do you, who two, did you forget? One, Jaleel Okafor. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. The Sixers played Jaleel Okafor a couple nights ago. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I did not. Unfortunately, I cannot forget about Jaleel Okafor. I know, I'm sure you can, which is why I, I had to bring it up. I had to remind you. Um, And you know what's really crazy, too, is that He's a player who I was really excited about out of college. 
And then I just like I remember my dad being like, oh, you know, he'll be he could be like a Tim Duncan. Yeah, he not quite. I feel like everyone says that about like a big man in the draft. Like, oh, he could be like a Tim Duncan type. Um, but yeah, wasn't. I uh, have too many bad memories with with Jaw to forget about him existing. Uh, oh, I thought you meant Jaw Moran. Oh, uh, no, Jaw before. Uh, yeah. Shout out to my friend Seamus if he's listening for his. Uh, I guess I'll tell the story. So my friend Seamus, uh, he once made a joke. So there was this bus trip of Sixers fans going to Washington to see a Sixers Wizards game. But Joel was out for the game. So Jaleel Okafor was starting. And my friend Seamus Clancy tweeted, imagine taking a bus trip to see Jaleel Okafor start. And Jaleel Okafor's dad responded and said, imagine me slapping the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was on SportsCenter. Everybody was talking about it. It was this whole crazy thing. Um, so yeah, no, uh, no shortage of Jaleel Okafor stories. Wow. That's really freaking funny. I think you should like retweet that today. Just out of the Yeah. Video. If the tweet's still up, I can find it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really something. That's hilarious. Oh, I had like another, oh, did you see how Luca got ejected last night and some like Mavericks, Mavericks fan account tweeted like, Luca like this if you're on Twitter right now and he liked it yeah. <laughs> during the game, which is funny. Yeah. Uh Luca, I think, is about to get a suspension for how many technicals he has. I was wondering he should, he should that's probably why he got get ejected, it out of the way right? now before the playoffs. He got ejected because uh, he complains a lot, I assume. Yeah, I think he and like Colin Sexton got into it a little bit. Mm. Um some weird stuff going on there, but yeah, Luca's been one of the most He's had more technicals than almost anybody. Meanwhile, the leader in technicals is Dwight Howard, who only plays like 18 minutes a game or something. It's so it's it's so funny watching him play because he like actively disregards all of the rules of the game and then gets called for a foul or travel or goaltending and is absolutely stunned. Right. He is totally incredulous every time. I know it's and it's so funny with big men because like when they do it, it's so obvious. Like they can't even be sneaky. Right. Right. Dwight will commit the (laughs) most. Dwight will commit the most obvious fouls and penalties and whatever, and then they call it, and he just like could not possibly be more surprised. Yeah. And it and it does it every single time, which is like quite a bit of dedication. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. There's certain players that like. I mean, the only player. We've talked about how he's never gotten a technical, but with Mike Conley, I remember anytime he complained, like you knew it was a bad call because yeah. he never complained. But with so many players these days, it's like they literally just complain automatically Every, when they everybody every time there's a call against someone, they immediately turn to their coach and tell them to review it every exactly. single time. They, they <laughs> See, do I know, this like, with the finger. I know it's like 30 seconds into the game and it's like review yeah. that. Like, buddy, no, we're not gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah. I would hate trying to challenge stuff if I was a coach because every player says to challenge every play. So I just would not believe any of them. Yeah. So you just would never use the challenge. Like the yeah. Grizzlies coach didn't for a very long time. Yeah. Doc Rivers is also not big on challenges either. So. Well, LeBron made a comment this week, kind of going back to the playing games. Um, he called for the person who came up with the play in tournament idea to be fired, which is kind of funny because 
there's I think maybe a quote of him a year or so ago saying he thought it was a great idea. Obviously, you you can come from my head and be like, well, he said it in this context, whatever. But I think the point of the matter is we all know LeBron isn't calling to have anyone fired if LeBron is not at risk of being in the play in tournament. So. Right. Well, and this is from <laughs> friend of the podcast, Sean Hyken, who was our first guest last week, who we had a lot of fun with. And if you haven't listened to that, you definitely should. Uh, it was a lot of talking about like NBA nostalgia and stuff like that. So it still holds up a week later. Uh, he tweeted this quote from LeBron in March of 2020. You got Portland, you got Memphis, New Orleans, and Sacramento tinkering around there. So if there's five or 10 games left, why not let those guys battle it out? Make them play each other all five games. So that's like oh, more or idea. less the entire playing tournament. So, so like LeBron is saying fire whoever came up with the playing tournament. Meanwhile, he had a very similar idea. It's very obvious that he's just kind of being a sore loser because he never thought that one of his teams would be a seven seed and have to play in the playing game. But and I hate when LeBron is lame like that because, like, I love LeBron and like, yeah, I do too. That's like a but lame. Yeah. That's a lame comment. And it's to, lame and predictable, right? And another comment that happened this week was by my franchise's player, John Morant, uh, on TNT. He was asked where he ranked himself amongst the league's point guards, and he said top five for sure. That got some mixed, uh, mixed bag of comments, and a lot of people were like, "Ja, this is." ridiculous prove yourself on the court you're not a top five player which he's not a top five player but then the other half is kind of like what is he supposed to say you know what I mean in that position so Adam I want to hear your take on that because I'm a little biased yeah I mean like of course I like I definitely don't think that Jaws I don't I don't remember did he say top five player or top five point guard point guard which isn't true either but right which also like I think he's still pretty far away from at the same time, like, what is he supposed to say? Like, I think I'm the 17th best point guard in the NBA. Like, he would never, like, it would be silly to say something like that. Um, yeah. So, like, I definitely disagree with him, but I would be I would be a little concerned if he said anything else, right. quite frankly. Like, right. like, what are these guys supposed to say? Like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty bad. Like, <laughs> like they would obviously never say anything like that. Right. And, like, you're. it's not like he's out here being like, yo, everyone, top five player right here. You're literally being asked, where do you rank yourself amongst players? Right. And he's, like, top five. And he doesn't elaborate. He's not like, I'm better than this. Meanwhile, he hypes up, like, every other elite point guard in the NBA. He's constantly, he just said Russ is the GOAT the other day. He's constantly hyping up uh, even players who aren't point guards, like Zion, whatever. So it's not like he's out here. Just right. Being like, he got I'm yeah. The best. He mean, got he got asked to rank himself and what is he supposed to say? Like he, like is he supposed to just start listing players who are better than him? Like it's you know, it's like a silly thing to get up in arms about like even though like certainly he's not a top 5 point guard. Like I think we all agree about that. But Yeah. Like it's so obviously just like a thing that he has to say in that situation that exactly. like I can't imagine actually like being angry over that people just love to take quotes on twitter and have fun with them because like we have nothing better to do clearly we really don't (laughs) like we're sitting here talking about it i mean they win tnt you win yep did anything else exciting happen this week, Adam? Uh, uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook uh, tied Oscar Robertson's triple-double record. 
Uh, I think the number is like 181 or something. Uh, And Beal had a 50 piece. And Beal had 50 points. Yeah, the Wizards have been fun. They keep on winning. They're going to be in the play-in tournament, which is like another fun thing, like a team that had a really bad first half finds their way late. Yeah, they find their way. They have like these two really fun players, and now they get a chance in the play-in tournament. Uh, From our guy Sham Sharania reporting right now, Lakers star LeBron James is targeting Tuesday versus New York from his return to the lineup. Uh, So you heard breaking some news here on the burners and basketball podcast, (laughs) Uh, because you'll certainly see, hear this from us before you see it from Sham. Exactly. Whenever you're listening to this, you will not know that that has just occurred, but yeah. um, What were were you just saying? Uh, I was talking about how, uh, the play-in tournament, it like gives these underdog teams like the Wizards, even like the Grizzlies oh, potentially, that yeah. would otherwise wouldn't have made the playoffs, but people really enjoy. It gives them a chance. There you go. I love. I think. I mean, I think those are two of my favorite stars, non-Grizzly stars in the league. So there's nothing about the Wizards that I really find unlikable. Uh, the only my only thing is that I want Beal on my team, so I'm kind of. Wishing they weren't doing as well as they are, but I'll take it, I guess. Hmm. Beal on Beal, make it happen. It literally, it makes too much sense. Yeah, would be very fun. Adam, should we close it out for the day? Yeah, let's close it out. Let's close it out for the day. Um, This next week, there's going to be a lot of new stuff to talk about. I mean, we only basically have a week left of the season. Things are going to get crazy. I might be emotional on here talking about my team. You might be seeing some tweets that basketball is not real. If you see them, they are a cry for help. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for listening to. Oh, wait, what episode is this? We never know. Episode seeing, nine, I think. Episode nine of Burners and Basketball. We are so happy to have you here. Things are going to keep getting more fun, more exciting as the playoffs are just around the corner. Don't forget to email us, burnersandbasketball at gmail.com. Tweet us, burners and b-ball, and hashtag burner take for a chance to be featured on the show. Adam, give us your sign-off. I just never know what to say in these situations. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) 